0: there it's Friday afternoon I'm Brett McGarry he is Greg Mackling and before we get into anything Greg I just want to quickly say thank you to everybody who responded to the conversation we had yesterday about getting my back my backpack my bag searched at the store we're not going to reopen that Debate, uh, but I do want to thank everybody who contacted me. I got lots of email yesterday and lots of angry email, people telling me where to go. So, Hmm. and I appreciate that feedback. It was nice to hear feedback on both sides not just people supporting, but people quite angrily telling me how wrong I was. Interesting. (laughs) So, I just wanted to say thanks. It was nice. Oh, well, look at all this hate mail.
1: You're so. a nobody till somebody hates you, McGarry.
0: <laughs> so thank you for your hatred. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, one place where uh, animosity can grow pretty quick is on Kijiji. If you've ever gone back and forth with a, with a seller or if you've been a buyer and you can't quite come to an agreement. And then the age old question about, OK, we've agreed to a price. Now, how are we going to complete our transaction? Mm hmm. Do I come pick it up as the purchaser? Do you deliver it as the seller? What are what's the decorum here? What how does this go exactly? And you found an incredibly popular, incredibly popular Facebook post from our good friend Kim Babbage Gasell.
0: Yeah, Kim had this post on Facebook. She actually had it was a couple of weeks ago. I've been meaning to bring this up for a while, but I forget things. But Kim said What is it about Kijiji people that they think delivery is somehow included in the price of a $10 item and her page lit up like a Christmas tree? Kim joins us now to tell us about it. Hey, Kim, how are you?
2: Hey, guys. Good. How are you doing?
0: Good, good. So, first of all, can we ask what this $10 item was? I was
2: selling a little wireless Bluetooth speaker. Just a little... Little tiny thing, you know, you can uh Bluetooth hook it up to your phone and then play music from another room. That's the thing.
0: Okay. So, yeah. did Sandbox you. And
2: you wanted it delivered.
0: Did you deliver it?
2: No, not only did this guy want it delivered, I live in the south end of the city and he was asking me to meet him up at the perimeter by Pipeline Road. Like, I, I don't know why anybody would think, because you put your postal code. Um, into your Kijiji account, so when people look to see where the item is, they can actually see the general area of where you're living. You can actually put your address in, but I don't. I just put my postal code in, so they have the general idea of where I am. So he wanted me to drive all the way across town for a $10 item. And then when I said, no, why don't you meet me, oh, I don't want it then. Uh, (laughs) All right. Then you don't get
1: to have it what kind of business person are you Kim Babbage gazelle come on you got to do whatever you need to do to do to get the sale close the sale Kim'
2: it's a ten dollar item yeah it's you fun. made the right, right my decision of gas to get
1: up you know what you got sometimes you gotta learn to lose early I think you did the right thing there
2: absolutely but there was another story that also came up um, on my thread that was another story of mine I was selling a juicer a couple of years ago. And there are a million juicers on Kijiji. People buy them. There's such a pain in the butt to operate because they're such a mess and you have to do so much cleanup after that even people who want to juice end up getting rid of them, selling them, shelving them, whatever, because they're such a pain. So I put mine up on Kijiji for a pretty cheap price. And I often do that. I don't, I don't try to get a whole ton of money because I just would rather get rid of it for a few dollars than have to deal with trying to get some larger amount of money. I just want it gone. So anyway, I posted this juicer on Kijiji and a gal contacted me. Oh, this is an amazing price. I want it. I'm going to come right away. Great. She shows up and she shows up with a bag of vegetables and she wants me to show her that my juicer works. She made me juice her bag of vegetables. I don't know why I didn't say no, but I guess I just wanted to sell the thing. So she made me juice it. And then when I juiced her vegetables, she said, Oh, well, this isn't quite what I thought. This wasn't quite what you thought. You're going to buy it, lady. So I then had to wash the whole thing down. It took about another 15 minutes to completely clean it and dry it so she could take it. And she almost didn't take it. Did she buy it?
1: Did she take it? She did. She did, but
2: she almost didn't. I figured oh, I she had. Curious.
1: I figured she had a real scam going on here. She was just <laughs> meeting with all these people that are selling juicers, takes her stuff, and then says, "Ah, no, nah, I've changed my mind." And then she goes on, you know, to the next one. A couple of days later, right. she gets her, you know, gets she gets her juice made for nothing. I figured She's this is brilliant.
2: Green carrot, right? Yeah. No, no, she did take it, but I'm I'm not kidding you. She almost didn't. Oh well, this just seems more of a hassle than I thought. Yeah, it is. And That's you why I'm to selling it.
0: The hassle. You're taking the juicer. So, Kim, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it. Now, I'm not familiar with what second-hand economies are like in, in other cities, but do you think, Kim, that uh, a lot of this has to do with the fact that, I mean, Winnipeggers are renowned. We're notorious for our thriftiness. We love a deal. We like to, we want to strike a deal. Do you think that that is playing into some of this stuff?
2: I am told this is a Winnipeg thing. I have... um friends and relatives across Canada and down in the States, many of whom saw this thread. And many of them commented and said, that does not happen here. You say, you want 30 bucks for your juices, Someone says, I'll take it. They come, they give you 30 bucks and they leave. And that's it. Here, what often happens is people will show up at your door and let's say you ask $10. They'll say, Oh, I only brought five. And a lot of times you'll say, Oh, well, okay, I guess I'll just take five. Cause what are you going to do? My parents who are, Kijiji Masters, I got to tell you, they sell a lot of stuff on Kijiji. Somebody shows up and tries to pull that trick, my dad will always say, Okay, well, it'll still be here when you come back with the extra five bucks.
1: Yeah, I like <laughs> and, your dad.
2: And then oftentimes they're like, they'll go to the car and then they come back a minute like, Oh, I, I found some money in the car. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you found some money in the car, did you? I think that money was there all along. The classic. So that's a common trick. People try to do that. Yeah, it's like, that's a classic wouldn't pay Kijiji trick. So I, I applaud my dad for his, uh, just sticking to his guns. <laughs> you can come back and you have the extra five bucks.
0: So, Kim, do you think that that r- regardless of the item, what regardless of its price tag, that people should just take it for the price that is advertised, or do you think that it, once it hits a certain price range, like let's say it goes above a hundred dollars, do you think maybe that's where the haggling should begin?
2: Oh, well, I don't think there should be a price range. I've had people contact me. I was selling some art for my mother-in-law and. I don't know how to price a painting, right? I'm not an art dealer. I don't know. And I don't think a lot of people are buying a lot of that stuff on Kijiji. So I priced them as I thought they might be able to sell. And people contacted me and said, I really like this picture. Would, would you take X for it? And if it seemed reasonable, I'd say, yeah. Right? Because it's, I don't know, in some cases, I think you can haggle. It's not a big deal. Um, so I don't think there's a set price limit, but when it's ridiculousness, like it's a $10 item, you seriously want to haggle me down to 5 and you want to make me drive it to you, that's, that's when it's getting a little Winnipeg cheap.
0: All right. Well, Kim, thanks for inspiring this conversation. We're going <laughs> to ask welcome. for a reaction now. So Kim babbage Gazelle, oh, You're
2: going to get a ton. You're right. going to get a ton. This is a hot topic. I was shocked. The people, everybody's got a Kijiji people story. You open the phone, it's going to go nuts, I promise.
0: Thanks, Kim. Kim Babbage gazelle thank you so much. You uh, have heard Kim Babbage gazelle a lot in recent months, filling in on 680 CJOB, hopefully some more throughout the summertime. And we want to know your Kijiji stories at 204-780-6868. Have you ever been asked to deliver an item that was cheap, like what Kim was talking about? Or have people shown up at your door? I mean, I I have a... uh, This happened to me when I was moving out of my house after the, the breakup a few years ago, we had to get rid of all of our stuff. And I had this dining room set, a table and uh, like eight chairs. So I had nowhere to store it. I wasn't going to rent a storage locker just to keep this nice set of furniture. So I put it on Kijiji, I think for like, I think we paid 1500 and I put it up for, I don't know, $550. Okay. Guy shows up and says, I'll take it. But oh, how do you, what would you do? 350. He, and he knew he had me. Because I had to get rid of it. So he lowballed me, but he met me halfway. Uh, but that was frustrating. And I, I had to cave. I, I wanted to tell him to shove it, <laughs> but I had to cave in. 204-780-6868. Would love to hear your thoughts on Kijiji mayhem. You can talk or text at 204-780-6868. Roger, stand by. We're going to check our forecast and your... Up first, after that, on 680
1: CJOB. We're talking about Kijiji and uh, your experiences on the website that has really done amazing things for the secondhand economy. economy, uh, for those of us with uh, rental properties. Uh, Kijiji is absolutely fantastic for connecting people with uh, new places to live in the rental world, uh, all sorts of great things, but there are some nitpicky things, and certainly experiences that are driving uh, individuals crazy, especially in this marketplace.
0: We just spoke with Kim Babbage gazelle who recently revealed that she, she was trying to unload a $10 item, and somebody wanted her to deliver it to them, and that drove her a little batty. Roger is patiently waiting at 204-780-6868. Roger, thanks for your patience. What's your Kijiji story?
3: Yeah, you know
4: what? First off, the thing with Kim, where the guy tore the meat, uh, just on a safety factor, uh, that's pretty suspicious. Yes. Not so much basically delivering it. I think Kim was right. They, especially, you know, you've heard the stories, people trying to uh, mm-hmm. sell something, they lure you. Uh, that was, no, that was on a safety level. No, that was, I'm glad Kim said no.
1: Yeah. Roger, like, that's very, very uh, observant of you. Thanks for pointing that yeah, out. Yeah,
4: well, okay. Now, if the guy, if she had said, Okay, okay, I'll meet you halfway at a Tim Hortons, and you, you buy me a double double. That's different.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: so, what's and your story, you know what? Roger? And as far as you know, what the Kijiji? Yeah, I've tried a few. I've tried a couple of things. First thing they say, can you deliver? And they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're not small items; they're big items. And are you going? What you think? Everybody owns a truck.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's that's a good point, and thank you for bringing that up, Roger. We appreciate that. Uh, I, I think that if you are trying to unload a, a big item, you have to specify, and the ad cannot deliver. You yep. must be able to pick this up. Yeah,
1: I've always thought that the pickup was kind of insinuated with Kijiji, but maybe not. I haven't sold a ton of stuff. Everything I've sold has been a pickup situation, and when I buy, I figure i got to go and get it. But that's just me. Uh,
0: maybe I'm— a little too reasonable, I don't know. Bruce is at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Bruce, what's your Kijiji story?
5: Yeah, hi, like I agree that uh, people, they want uh, a good deal on everything, but they're not willing to, uh, you know, go a couple of blocks to get it. Um, a good friend of mine, Bob, a couple of years back there, he was selling quite a bit of stuff on Kijiji, and I guess that he was, you know, running low on patience with people, and he had one fella call him and, and okay, I'll take it, uh, where do you live? And he says, well, I live in Transcona, and the guy's like, oh, Transcona way out in Transcona, and the guy, classic line from my buddy Bob is, Buddy, what did you think the odds would be that I'd be your next-door neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you didn't say it that politely, and uh, I don't think that guy came and bought it. But <laughs> but it's but it's typical of people, you know, like, delivery unless specified otherwise, or unless you, uh, you know, make arrangements after the person purchases it. Then that's a different story, but uh, yeah, it always cracks me up when I when I think of that. From Bob dealing with that guy like that. He's pretty good with the with the words when it comes down to it.
0: <laughs> right on, Bruce. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate that. Yeah, if you if you don't want to drive, then don't bother. I think.
1: Ken. That patented heavy sigh. I'm going to put that in my repertoire. What do you think the chances are? We were next door neighbors. <laughs> I like that a lot. A Thanks, Bruce. Ken is that two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight? What's your
0: Kijiji story, Ken?
6: Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Uh, well, two things. First, a bit of advice: uh, if you don't want to, if you want to avoid all the hagglers and the triflers, just put "firm" at the end of your offer, okay. and that, that cuts down a lot of folks. So, my story: uh, went and sold a car. It was in virtually new condition, low kilometers. I had it for three years and barely drove it. Guy showed up, took it for a drive, very impressed, very pleased, and he started haggling with me on the price. And I already had a, a low offer. I just, I just wanted to move it, and we came down to a difference of fifty dollars. And he said to me are you going to break this deal for 50 bucks? And I didn't really plan this. Uh, I, I didn't plan to say it. I just said, are you going to let this beautiful car go for 50 bucks? He paid me the 50 bucks.
1: That's right, man. Really? Okay. I've yep. been there. I've been there in the negotiation when they, when they say to you, "Ah, you know, 319 a month, and I'm thinking about a very specific negotiation. 319, 299, what's the difference? And I sat and I looked and I said, if 319 isn't supposed to be a big deal for me as the consumer. I'm going to turn yeah. around and you and say, "319, really that big of a deal for you <laughs> selling all these That's cars right. every month?" That's
6: right. And you know, just a, again a little observation. Uh, when you were talking about your dining dining room set and you let it go for 350 instead of 550? I
0: know we we met halfway.
6: You you actually had him cuz he showed up. So you should have just re- reminded him that you paid 1500 for it and he could go out the door. And he'll turn around and come right back because for five fifty for a fifteen hundred dollar piece of goods, it's still a really good deal. Yeah, you just sh- have to impress upon people that, that that it is a good deal.
0: Yeah, and I should have, could have, would have. It was just you know it was a rough it was a rough time uh, in my in yeah, my life, and I, I, and I really, really needed to get, I, get rid of it because he was I, the only I, guy who had reached out on it. So hey, Ken, thanks for that. I appreciate it.
1: Ken can work for me any time. As a sales guy, (laughs) I have a feeling we would maximize profits with Ken in the stable. Ken, uh, if I'm ever looking for someone to work for me as a sales rep or a sales manager or maybe just running the whole empire, I will reach out.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot for those suggestions, Ken. Greatly appreciated. Mike is at 204-780-6868. What's your uh, Kijiji story, Mike?
7: Uh, I deal with Kijiji a lot and I find it actually, it's it's a, it's a very good tool, but you have to put up with the people who uh, text you and message you with these, these crappy little offers. So anyhow, I had some stereos for sale one day, had three or four of them. I was asking like $30 each. So this guy texts me, just text, nothing else. Uh
0: Uh-oh, we're losing Mike. We're losing Mike. Call us back, Mike. Okay, I'm gonna, hang on. I'm going to try to... Oh, okay. Yeah. So sorry about that, Mike. It sounded like you had the beginnings of a good story there, but uh, your cell phone signal dropped out. So in the meantime, we are getting a lot of text messages. And I want to address... There was one I wanted to address here uh, because yeah. I am guilty of doing this. The, the worst is the people who always ask if it's still available. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a great site. That's from Keith. Keith, I hopefully you never had me reach out to you for something on Kijiji because I often will do that. Because, you know why I do it? Because sometimes I put things on Kijiji and I forget forget to take them down. (laughs) So, because people say, hey, I want to buy this. And then I have to say, oh, sorry, it's gone. Mike, let's try this again. What was your story?
7: Okay, so I had this guy, uh, I deal with it a lot. And so this guy texts me, I'm asking like $40 for a radio or something like that. So he texts me this silly number of like $10. And I just thought, you know, whatever I'd say Okay, sure why not? So I text him back, sure, ten bucks sounds great. Come and get it. So anyhow, he asked me for an address. So I've got two street addresses at my house and I give him the side address, which I know because he's giving me a crazy text. And I'm just I'm sick of people doing these things sometimes. If you want to actually uh, deal with me, just call me, right? Or say, send something reasonable. So anyhow, I'm sitting in the yard with my buddy having a beer. I totally forgot about this guy. And uh, I says to him, I says, Oh Danny, I says, I gotta go. He says, Why? I says, I'm messing with this guy in Ghadiji. He says, What do you mean? I says, Well, I'll tell you for a fact, he's got to be under 21. All he does is text and he's looking for my side address address which ends up in the park across the street but if you look across the street you can see the numbers that go sequentially all you'd have to do is look the other side so the guy drives by <laughs> watch him drive by and Danny goes home and then I watch him drive back again and then he texts me 20 minutes later 20 minutes later says I can't find your house I'm like oh too bad <laughs> So, so so anyhow, I like literally I sat around for an hour and I would have sat around for another hour waiting for him and uh, and I just thought you know, and I deal with them a lot deal with Gigi lots and I, and I buy lots of stuff off there, and I usually have a good time, but you could just, some people just lowball you to death and whatever you just go with it so I sent him the address my house, it was exactly my house, but he just he couldn't look across the street and he found himself in the park because he was on GPS the whole time
3: oh
0: boy, <laughs> turned to your left and he couldn't find it <laughs> Mike, thanks <laughs> for that that's everybody I have that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with Mike.
1: Yeah, yeah. Scratch his name off there. Bob says, I had a metal desk that my wife had from way before we were married. I had to take that thing apart and put it together more times than I could count. Finally sold it for 40 bucks on Kijiji and drove it to him. I would honestly have paid him money to take that monstri- monstrosity off my hands.
0: It is 127. Global News is up next.
1: 134 on this Friday afternoon. Enjoy the weather while you can. Greg Mackling, Brett McGarry with you until 4 o'clock this afternoon. Then it's Julie and Richard to get you home, form safely, dodging that traffic, sports, entertainment, business, you name it, they've got it. You doing an entertainment pack for them today, Brett?
0: Yeah, lots of movies opening this weekend, so I'll, I'll get them the full rundown. I Off the top of my head, I want to say there's at least five, so I'm going to have to do some research after to find out what all those movies are.
1: I'll make sure that I'm listening. I'm looking for a movie to see, maybe not this weekend, but next weekend for sure. Hey, we're talking about Kijiji and your Kijiji stories, and uh, Dino sent me an email at gmac at cjob.com as for people asking for delivery... I cut that off by always posting pickup only in my post. I also include my postal code. So I'm overly irri- irritated when someone agrees to buy the item, but backs out. Once I give them my address, look at the postal code people. I sold in <laughs> sold an item recently where a guy agreed to buy on Monday, but wasn't able to pick it up until Friday. So I agreed to hold it. In the meantime, I literally received 25 other inquiries about it and, uh, Let us know if things fall through. Friday rolls around and the original guy backs out. With 25 others waiting, I sent a mass email and said, hey, there are 25 of you, so first person to reply that can pick up tomorrow morning at full price gets it. Someone replied in five minutes, showed up the next morning, and you guessed it. So you want the full price? I reminded him there were 24 others waiting and got full price. Some people have... Mm, chutzpah. Let's call it a chutzpah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it falls into the category can't hurt to ask. We're getting lots of text messages at 204-780-6868. Here's one where it says, Will, this is from William, who says, I had a computer on Kijiji for a while and had a guy lowball me for a few months. He eventually said he would pay the price I was asking. He and a friend came to my house, looked at the computer, liked it, but he refused to pay the price we agreed on and kept trying to haggle with me in my house until I finally just asked them to get out. William, thank you for that.
1: Dave says there are ridiculous, obnoxious sellers I am aware of that list the same items daily. Yes, daily for months and years because they are so overpriced. Yeah, overpricing and a garage sale and Kijiji does not move product. If you're looking to get rid of it, uh, price it accordingly.
0: Yeah, and I, sometimes you you gotta wonder. I guess how would you? Let me ask you this, Greg. How would you figure out what the inappropriate price would be? Kim brought up the, the the art that she was trying to. Right? Do you just go to Kijiji and see what's out there, and then just gauge well, the market? Well, you know what?
1: Ba- basically, I go by you know if we've used it for a couple of years, and we paid a couple hundred bucks for it, and I don't want to store it. I want somebody else to use it. I'll divide it in half and kind of divide it by half again. And like, really, what is it worth your time to, if it's a large enough item to have to take it to the dump or to send it to one of these organizations that recycles or reuses things, you know, your time is worth money. Mm-hmm. And so I calculate that as well, you know, and so sometimes we'll have, you know, baseball shoes or whatever. It's like, I kind of sigh at and it's like, like, how much do you want for these? It's like, well, 10 bucks a pair. It's like you know what, I'm going to donate them because it's not even really worth the 20 bucks of my time of dealing with people back and forth. And then they want to have a long extended conversation about well, how many times did they wear them and, and are the shoelaces in No, you know what, let's just give them away mm-hmm. at that point. I've got a threshold for for that kind of pain. And that pain usually, if it's not 50 bucks, I'm really not, I'm not getting involved. It gives me the willies.
0: What about uh, meeting people like the, the, now granted, the, the location that was suggested to Kim Babbage Gazelle, a pipeline, the perimeter and pipeline again. Yeah, you
1: know, Roger made a really good point. Well, on and that. I, I
0: was thinking about that when she said it. That sounded super sketchy. But in general, do you have a problem with if someone says you want to meet at like Starbucks or
1: something? No, no, that's exactly what I'll do. You know, I'll be, we'll pick a neutral location. So nobody feels uncomfortable, right? If I'm buying something, but if I'm selling, and maybe I should reconsider this about having people come to my house to pick it up. You know, um, yeah, I might have to rethink that. Yeah. I think the neutral location is really a good idea.
0: Here's a text at 204 6868 What drives me crazy is when someone responds with just a number. Like if I'm asking 30 bucks, <laughs> I'll get an email that just states 15. Nothing else attached. If you can't respond in a complete sentence or ask for it properly, then don't do it. I have responded with 15 what? Thank you for that text. Appreciate it. Oh, that is so, true.
1: so true. Bob says, almost everything I own has come from Kajidi. Uh, great site. My pet f- peeve is the people who place an ad and say phone calls only, will not respond to emails or texts. That's odd. You used a computer to place the ad. You should be prepared to use a computer to answer the ad. Much Ver- agreed, Bob. Great observation. I've never understood that. It's weird.
0: I, yeah, I've never, I, maybe maybe they, I wonder if that's a way to weed people out, you know, for, to weed people out who, like, to, to make sure that, okay, I really want this item, I'm prepared to take the time to make a phone call. Because, right? you know, you might get a lot of people who just send out random emails, ah, maybe I want this, maybe I want that, no, I seriously want this, I will make a phone call. I don't
1: know, I'm just... I hear you.
0: Scatting and (laughs) bebopping right off the top of my head.
1: You know know, here, for ourselves, sometimes the only way to book a guest and to connect with someone is to do it the old-fashioned way and to pick up a phone. But most people now prefer electronic communication. I can answer you, A, I know when I get... The message from you. Yep. And I know that you're interested. And if I have time, I'll answer you right away. Or I will answer you at least at my next opportunity. If you call me, I might not even check my voicemail or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't understand people that don't appreciate the value of text messaging and emailing. It is so more convenient than the traditional phone call. Yes, the phone calls nice, but you know, I'll talk to my Baba on the phone, you know, and, and exchange pleasantries with her that way. I don't need to talk to you on Kijiji. I got lots of friends just email me. Well, let's let's get the
0: deal done. Let's talk to Jim on the phone at 204-780-6868. Jim, thank you for your call. What is your Kijiji tale?
3: Well, I have many, but I sell quite a bit of stuff on Kijiji. It's kind of my side hustle. Uh, everything's like less than 100 bucks cheap, right? But I live in a town, so I come into Winnipeg, uh, you know, usually once a week when I have a bunch of stuff or I have some other errand. So I put that right in the ad that I'll deliver at my convenience. And I am absolutely blown away by the number of people. I always suggest, you know, we'll meet, can we meet at Tim Hortons, some neutral location? Nope, just come on by to my house. I've come to, gone to lots of people's houses that. I think. Well, you know, you don't know me. I'm glad I sound trustworthy. <laughs> uh, people really are not interested in their own personal security. It's weird.
1: Yeah, I agree, Jim. I I've, like I said, I'm rethinking that whole thing about not doing the the third, uh, you know, the, the the neutral location meet. I think that's a, a a really good point you make.
3: I think it's very good, but I want to say that uh, like 85 percent of the people I deal with on Kijiji are just super. They get it. They're buying stuff. They're not here to. That's around for 10 bucks, and then that remaining percent, I don't think they have any friends because they're hoping to meet somebody to talk to on chichichi and my fa- my personal favorite is the person who had done the whole uh, negotiation, and then they told me, I don't have any money.
1: Oh, great. It's
3: clear that this is a buy-and-sell site, right? The buying... Anyway... Thanks for taking my call. Good Thanks, job,
1: Jim. I I- Appreciate it. You uh, keep it up out there too. That's a that's a great side hustle if you can do it, right? If you've got things that you can buy for twenty five and sell for fifty and flipping stuff, and eh, you gotta you gotta have a little bit of a way about you to do it. So good on you, Jim.
0: Uh, Dave says, GG, there are ridiculous, obnoxious sellers. I am aware of. Oh, uh, you read this text already. Well, I'll read it again. I'm aware of that list, the same items daily. Yes, daily for months, years, because they are so overpriced. I I remember looking for, I don't know what I was looking for, a golf bag. And that you would see that every day. And I guess if you want your ad to, to avoid being just sort of disappearing. Right, get to the top of the line. You've got to repost it every day. Shall we continue or shall we move on to our next
1: I think we have a guest on the other side of uh, weather. We can revisit this later on this afternoon with a little bit of luck. Okay,
0: we shall do that. We're going to pause for your forecast, and then we're going to talk about wait time
1: reduction. On Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. Craig Mackling along with Brett McGarry, and it's actually 14 degrees. We're up a degree in our last half hour here. And uh, Al, hang tight here. We'll get to your phone call in uh, just a moment here. We want to let the public know, we want to let you know that there's an opportunity for you to feed back to the Wait Times Reduction Task Force. This has to do with emergency rooms in the city. We had the big announcement two Fridays ago about the fate of uh, the emergency rooms in Winnipeg and how they were being reorganized. The fact that the Grace Hospital, HSC and St. B will be the only ERs in the city uh, at some point in the future, but wait times are still a priority, and there's an opportunity for you tonight to weigh in, give your opinion, get some feedback on that opinion uh, here in Winnipeg.
0: And we are joined now by Dr. Alex Chachanov from the uh, University of Manitoba, uh, department head at the Rady Faculty of Health Sciences. Dr. Chachanov, thank you so much for joining us today on 680 CJOB. My pleasure. So this uh, seminar tonight, for those who show up what can people expect to uh, participate in
8: well it won't exactly be a seminar Uh, it's very depending on uh, our location the number of people there but really it's an attempt by our uh, task force to both solicit uh, suggestions and experiences and concerns uh, from the public and also to some extent to educate them on uh, you know what's available by way of emergency services and how emergency services in various locations have have evolved uh, over time
1: this is obviously a, a big concern for a lot of people and uh, you've been doing this throughout rural manitoba how's the response been dr chochinov
8: uh, it's been variable one of the reasons that we appreciate the few minutes that you're giving us on the line is that uh, it hasn't been as widely uh, advertised as we have uh, we have liked in a couple of rural centers where they really felt that there were local problems or there was a threat to their hospital or emergency department there's been very very uh uh, a response of uh, attendance by, by members of the public and at other locations where it hasn't been as well advertised or where there's, where there's a well-ensconced emergency department, we've had very few people.
1: So here's your opportunity in Winnipeg tonight at the Red River College Exchange District campus right downtown on Princess Street at 6 o'clock. It goes through till 830 in the main cafeteria dining hall. They hold all sorts of different events in there. Uh, If you find your way to the Red River campus on Princess across from the old public safety building, uh, you really can't miss it. It's that open area on the main floor, right, Brett?
0: That is correct. And uh, Dr. Chachanov, as far as as feedback goes regarding emergency services, um, what sort of things are are people telling you folks?
8: Well, as I say, you know, in some of the small rural centres, their problems are their emergency departments aren't open every day of the week, or some of them not at all. In other areas, uh, they have uh, delays in accessing ambulance services. In the the city of Winnipeg, there are concerns with uh, wait times to get in to see a doctor, Uh, sometimes uh, wait times to see a consultant but really that the main problem in Winnipeg over the last number of years is something we call access block that is patients who don't who are waiting in the emergency department to be admitted to a bed or occupying stretchers and causing flow to back up and the inability to see new patients and that's something that regardless of the number of emergency departments we will have to address in order to improve our flow.
1: Uh, flow is such an important part of the, the entire system because it just takes one cho- choke point, uh, whether it be in diagnostics or maybe it's on one of the wards in the hospital and you have these, uh, these cascading problems.
8: That's, that's absolutely right. It's a lot like, you know, the ice damming that occurs here in the springtime. The problem may be in, at
1: one point and the flooding can, uh, will occur uh, way upstream. So this is obviously a commitment to uh, fix that and get some public input and uh, some dialogue back and forth on how to create a, a better, more efficient system, Doctor?
8: That's absolutely true. And, and you know, dialogue is a is a, uh, is a good descriptor because we're coming with some expertise, but we're also very, very interested in the views and experiences of the public. Uh, we need for there to be a continuing dialogue because emergency services is something that's important to all of us.
0: You've had you've heard the the feedback and concerns. Has anybody come to the table from the public with interesting ideas that have made you go, "Oh yeah, you know what? That could that could work."
8: Well, there there have been a number of ideas in uh, rural Manitoba with respect to you know variants of the standard emergency department uh, after hours, for example, uh, having uh, nurse practitioners or uh, paramedics or other people who are in uh, telehealth contact with the physician managing cases in order to keep those emergency uh, departments open. There have been huge uh, technico- technological advances with, with respect to our ability to share information, uh, do video consults, uh, and uh, and make use of people who haven't been sort of to the traditional caregivers in those communities.
1: If you go to www.gov.mb.ca and uh, forward slash health. You can uh, find your way and navigate your way as well to the online public survey uh, so that you can feedback there if you're unable to come out in public. And uh, tonight at the Princess Street, the uh, Exchange District Campus, of the Red River College, 6 till 8.30 in the cafeteria, the main cafeteria dining hall. You can uh, meet uh, members of the task force, get feedback, and, and continue the dialogue. That's from 6 until 8.30 tonight. And there'll be a meeting also on Monday in Morden at the Morden Legion from 5 till 7.30 and uh, back here in Winnipeg at the Notre Dame Recreation Centre on uh, Cathedral that goes from 6 till eight th- uh, 8.30 pardon me and then Brandon on Thursday from 6 till 8.30 that's at the Keystone Centre NMP Hall number one. Dr. Chachanov thanks for this and thanks for what you're doing to uh, to uh, hear the concerns of the public and to to interact with us.
0: Thanks for giving us the time. All right, Doctor Chachanov. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Talking about the wait times reduction task force once again tonight, six to eight thirty at Red River College Exchange District Campus in the cafeteria dining hall. Al has been waiting so patiently at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight to revisit the conversation we were having before we spoke with the good doctor. Al, thank you for your patience. What is your story about Kajiji?
4: I've got a host of stories, and you're welcome for being patient. My wife thinks I'm not, but I am. Uh, at any rate, uh, several of your callers have touched on points uh, that I can attest to. But one of the things that does blow me away, I'm, uh, I'm in southeastern Manitoba, rural. And uh, my wife and I buy and sell a lot of items on Kijiji. And for the most part, it works very well. Uh, what blows me away is we'll make arrangements to come into Winnipeg to pick up an item, shall we say, a piece of furniture, a, a, a bedroom dresser, and I can't count the number of times that we've been ushered into a single woman's home. She might be in her early 20s. She's a college student. She's a she's a nurse. Whatever she is, and they usher you into their home, right into the inner sanctums of their home, to pick up this piece of furniture, and it, it so. Um, I'm blown away. Like if you fought like a criminal or as a pervert, uh, the, the lines are wide open. So I would caution callers if you're listening to this to maybe uh, Google, do a little research on Al who's coming down to your house or Joe or whoever it may be uh, if, if the stuff that they've told you about themselves matches up to who they are on, when you Google their names, if you can find them, uh, I will sometimes do that going, going to a place. Um, I will even go on Google Maps. Okay, that's the address. Oh, street view. there's the house. Yep, they said there's a white pickup in the driveway or whatever the case may be. Uh, do a little bit of research, a little caveat emptor, because the opportunities for criminals are huge.
1: Al, I think uh, we want to re-thank you, and uh, to, your, to your wife, if she's listening, you are very patient, but you also came with very sage advice, maybe the most important advice with all the fun that we were having with this. Uh, Roger started it off, and this whole idea of safety, to really think uh, twice about how you deal with these transactions uh, with regard right. to your personal safety. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, Al.
4: Thanks for
0: your show. All right, thanks for listening, Al, and thanks to everyone who provided us with some feedback on the Kijiji stuff. We appreciate it. So many text messages. We're not going to have a chance to reply to all of them, but we see them all, and we thank you for participating. And after the news at 2 o'clock, we're going to tell you about an important event and it, that just happens to involve something we like a lot, which is beer. It's Mackley and
1: McGarry on 680 CJOB. Food. Beverage, raising funds for a worthy cause. It sounds like a perfect combination. Love it. I'm Greg. He's Brett. And we're going to tell you how you can get involved with all the craziness in support of Kids Initiative. And uh, we're here in studio with Brandon Schofield. He is uh, with Prairie Box and uh, Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing. Uh, Matt, we haven't seen you for a while and Brandon, we're meeting you for the first time, although Brandon, it turns out you and I have many people yeah. from the past in common <laughs> so out. it's like uh, we are uh, old friends. So uh we thanks for coming each down. Other. Thank you. Exactly. Thanks for having me. in. So uh, the main ingredient, our good friend Kevin Bergen, also kind of a common denominator in this conversation yep. today. Our uh, His program is uh, teaming up with Torque Brewing and Prairie Box, and they're going to throw a craft beer and tapas night, supporting a great cause, Cat Ross, her kids initiative, come out on Thursday next week on the 27th, 6.30 to 9.30 at Torque Brewery. For those of you that don't know, it's at 8.30 King Edward Street. And uh, limited tickets are for sale, but let's talk about why we're doing this. Uh, Matt, first of all, let's talk about uh, your involvement with this at Torque Brewery.
9: Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be throwing a great event here with uh, Brendan and uh, Prairie Box for uh, Kids Initiative, which is going to be fantastic. So we were looking to do something uh, really interesting and, you know, what a better way than having uh, great beer and, and great, uh, great food to go along paired with it. So it, uh, it's going to be a great event for, uh, you know, raising some funds. What is Kids Initiative for those who
0: are not familiar with this? Can you tell us a little bit about that, Matt? Uh, so Kids Initiative. By um, putting you on the spot here? You
9: are kind of putting me on the spot.
0: <laughs> so okay. Kat Ross, she's
1: a, she's a young woman here in Winnipeg. I've met yep. Kat before several times. and Maybe Brandon, if you want to go down this road because well, uh, I'm I'm way more interesting yeah, than someone uh, else's voice. <laughs>
10: We're we're excited when we when we found out that we were going to be working with kids. I mean, uh, Lewis and I got pretty pumped about it. I mean, it's it's in support with uh, for kids in Kenya who you know have trouble you know, looking for food or whatever it is. It's Cat uh, just does an amazing job engaging with kids, getting them. You know fed, learned, whatever it is, and uh, I mean, I'm not the, the specialist. Wish Kat was here to kind of really rock. She in. She wanted when, to
1: join us today, but yeah. uh, her work sc- schedule, when uh, she just talks about it. You really you
10: can't it. just help but uh, you know, getting trapped and just do want to do everything you can to help out too.
1: Well, and good on you for stepping up. Now, for those of you that might not be familiar with Prairie Box, Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about Prairie Box?
10: Yeah, uh, Winnipeg or Prairie Box is Winnipeg's first online meal subscription company. We're uh, we're the largest and fastest growing now and uh, we help feed thousands of people uh, each month. People go to our website and they sign up for the meals. We're aimed at busy professionals and young families who just want to add some more time into their week. They subscribe to our website with a rotating weekly meal and uh, we deliver it right to their door and they have their meals laid out for them a week so they can spend more time taking kids to soccer or you know working on a Music piece or whatever it is, and getting to work. It's uh, it's well received in Winnipeg so far, and can't uh, just love doing it. So like, all meals for a day, or
0: just dinner, for example.
10: So it's uh, lunch or dinner. Um, I mean, I'm a hungry guy, so I like to eat them for lunch. Um, my wife, you know, she saves them for dinner. And uh, you go to the website. We offer a pork, chicken, beef, and a vegetarian dish. So people go on. They get to subscribe to four to twelve meals. They they pick what they want. We cook it on in one day, and then we have a reefer service sends it out on Sunday. They basically just uh, eat whenever they want. So it's not a day subscription. It can be for the whole week. They freeze really well if uh, if you're saving them till Friday. So it's a uh, it's a great way to just add those little I guess, bonus meals in the day where you know you might eat a box of crackers instead, you know, when you get home from a long day.
0: Yeah, and this is like this isn't the kind of food that you might get out of a, like a microwave dinner. Like you're you, these are. Really well-prepared meals, are they not?
10: Yeah, so Lewis and I, we do um, a lot of our work is going out, finding some of the best local fare we can. So we work with a lot of farms and Steinbeck all the way to Melitta, um, trying to get, you know, great pork deals, uh, trying to stay within seasonal veg around, around this time. And uh, yeah, Lewis and I are chefs. Lewis has cooked his way around the world. I was a fine dining chef, so I really hunkered down on making sure that everything's cost-controlled and a perfect portion. It's allowed us to be able to work with the Canadian Diabetes Association so we can have food to their door with low-sodium content and uh, just a great way to feel your body for the rest of the day.
1: And I think that's a really, you know, when you outline what you're doing at Prairie Box, and then you combine it with the idea at Kids Initiative. It's just kind of a perfect match, right? Because it's about fueling your mind, fueling yeah. your body, and uh, the idea of eating local. And uh, I know, Cat, that is is so intent on on making sure and understand that there's awareness here in Winnipeg of what's going on. And so uh, I just sort of find it as a, an outstanding uh, relationship. And uh, we never shy away from talking about young entrepreneurship. And of course, uh, last time you were you were here, Matt, we talked a little bit about how you. Got torque off the ground. Uh, It seems as though every time we turn around, Brett. There's another craft brewery or another uh, uh, a pub or something that that's offering craft beer opening up and you know we were talking yesterday in the newsroom is there enough room for all these guys? And my impression was the more the better. I don't know what your take is on it, Matt. I, oh, I'm definitely. Glad you're
9: here. You know what? The more there are, the the better it is. There's more uh, variety out there. Uh, people become more educated, and the experience is what really counts too. Um, you know, statistically speaking, there is a statistic that shows you know uh, 100,000 people can uh, support a brewery. So we have nearly 10 times that population so um, we can definitely support all these breweries popping up and a lot of them too are very unique um, you know for us instance. instance uh, but also we have uh, brew pubs now opening up as well which is a great dining experience plus you have the the brewery experience to go along with it so it's uh, it's been fantastic the more the, mer- the merrier. One of our, our guests earlier this week uh, was
0: Generate Cakes Yeah, that's a bakery not far from here. And we we were asking, you know, there's so many bakeries just in, in one little pocket of the city, never mind scattered across all of Winnipeg. And I asked... You know how can how is there room for so many? And they said you got to make sure that you have something that separates you. So is is can you apply that same logic to what? Definitely. You, do? you know
9: what? Uh, you don't see a lot of the breweries having sort of the same varieties of beers, and uh, you know there are certain styles that do overlap. Uh, but one of the unique things is each brewer puts their own twist, their own idea, and the craftsmanship that goes into the into the beer. So it uh, it's really always a unique new experience for whenever you you know try one of the products or go to the locations to the tap rooms or to the brew pub. So you're always having a completely different beer. So it's not that you're having the same beer from you know each location when you go to some locations that have sort of a standard generic beer on tap. You're actually having a variety now, which is fantastic. So there's always that beer that really applies to people and uh, their little niche. But Brandon,
1: I want to ask you about the changing face of uh, the restaurant business and the food service industry in Winnipeg, because, yeah. you know, uh, you and I have similar background, but uh, about a decade apart. And so the restaurant that we have in common had a hard time just making inroads into this market. <laughs> and now it finds itself as one of the most popular restaurants yep. that that has three of the busier restaurants in the entire city. Mm-hmm. And so as Winnipeg, has there been a learning curve on what you do and a learning curve curve in terms of uh, providing fresh meals, fresh fruit? And is there an education component to that?
10: Uh, I mean, there is a little bit uh box, I mean, our, our idea isn't, isn't new. I mean, it's, uh, you see it all over the world. In, in India, it's, it's massive, actually. Uh, there's these little people that bring out and just drop off what they call lunch boxes just at the end of the street for construction workers. And these construction workers, you know, the wives make them. So it's not a business. It's just a sort of a culture and a way of getting fuel into your body.
1: Okay, hey, you got to so, tell that story a little bit, a little bit more intimately here. Explain this to me.
10: So yeah, I mean, if uh, I mean India is massive, right? And you know, these people are not—they're not making money. So, but they need to eat. They know if I can wake up in the morning, and I can work all day, I can support my family, support my life, right? So I guess these these group of uh, wives and moms, what they do is they all get together, they create all these food for all their husbands and sons and brothers, and they take them out right to the construction site and they drop them right off. The best part is is they know exactly who they're cooking for, so there's no waste. They're not wasting food. They don't have, you know, someone driving to the grocery store 10 times just to cook. You know, it all goes to one place, one little community, cooks it all and feeds the day-to-day workers.
1: That is really cool. I had no idea. I like that part.
10: I mean, it's, uh, you know, people can subscribe to Berry Box, and now I don't have 200 people going to the grocery store on Sunday. That's less cars on the road. That's less rubber. That's less everything burning. Right now, so one truck goes around and just delivers right to to all the houses. Right. So I mean, it's uh, it's different from the restaurant. The restaurant's great if you want an experience and get out and enjoy. You know, me and my wife just spent a week in Toronto eating at some really, really nice French places, and oh man, I mean, it was it was an escape. But you know, I'm back home, and I'm like, oh, looking at my belly, like,
4: <laughs>
10: oh, what did I, what did I do? Like. I can't, you know, I, I, I opened up my fridge and there was no Prairie Box in there, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to cook this weekend, you know, so they can have a nice, healthy, fresh food in my body so I can keep going and come to the radio and talk to you guys, you know? Well, we're going to pause
0: our conversation with Brandon Schofield, who is with Prairie Box, and Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing. We're talking about how 680 CJOB and the main ingredient with Kevin Bergen, Torque Brewing and Prairie Box, coming together to throw a craft beer and tapas night, supporting a great cause, Kids Initiative. Kids is Kenya Initiative for Development and Sustainability. And we're going to continue this chat after your forecast, which is coming up. Next, I'm Brett McGarry. He is Greg Mackling. And in studio with us, we have Brandon Schofield from Prairie Box and Matt Wolf from Torque Brewing. And we're talking about how 680 CJOB and the main ingredient with Kevin Bergen, Torque Brewing and Prairie Box, coming together to throw a craft beer and tapas night, supporting a great cause, which is Kids Initiative. Kids, short for Kenya Initiative for Development and Sustainability. This is happening Thursday, April 27th from 6.30 to 9.30 at Torque Brewery at 830 King Edward Street. Limited tickets available, 45 tickets for sale, and they're 40 bucks each. And one of the things going on, Matt, is that uh, the Kingshead Pub
9: has an interesting connection to this in terms of how they're going to make donations for you. Yes, of course. Our great friends there at uh, the Kingshead Pub, they're actually on the 27th when you go down there. If you're not able to make it to the event and you, uh, you purchase a Torque beer, uh, part of the proceeds will be going towards the uh, Kids Initiative. So it's going to be a fantastic way to to help support. So hopefully we have a lot of people come down there and enjoy Torque Beer at the King's Head Pump. How many beers do you have on tap at the King's Head? I believe right now we have three brands on uh, online right now. Oh, boy! Yeah, And you've got a new beer coming out, by the way. Uh, we got a few actually coming out. Uh, one that we're really pumped up about actually uh, is our foundation beer. Um, this one here is a American Pale Ale, and it's going to help. Uh, we're going to... Uh, donate $4 from every case. It's going to come in a 12-pack to uh, Habitat for Humanity, so it's going to be fantastic. And then we also have a few other beers constantly rolling out. This month, uh, or this month coming up, we're going to have a California Common available for the growler filling stations. Uh, And then we're working on something for our coast-to-coaster promotion that's going to be coming up in the summer. We're going to do Magnetic North Hefeweiss, so... Got lots coming up. Oh, I like the sound Ooh, of that. What was
1: that last word that came out Half of your a mouth?
9: Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. Give us a My little favorite. bit of the history on that. So it's a German Weiss beer. so it's a uh it's a wheat beer, it's wheat beer based, but uh, it's unfiltered and you have a very high profile from the uh the yeast and that's why they call it the hefe the german word for yeast so a hefeweizen a yeasty wheat beer
0: yeah have you ever heard of schöfferhofer
1: <laughs> i've heard of it
9: i
0: like to have it just cuz i get to say schöfferhofer
1: you you're way more more educated on this beer than i imagined you were brett mcgary i'm very impressed
0: um brandon you were telling me that you've it's a 1 year anniversary this month for Prairie box yeah
10: Hawks. absolutely it's um i can't believe this year's gone by so quickly um like uh, this time last year, I was driving Lewis in from Victoria in a little car in a U-Haul, just up and down the mountains, and uh, didn't think that we would actually be here, you know, this this soon. And uh, it's been it's been a ride, you know. Well, we how many out, meals
0: did you make that yeah, first
10: week? We uh, we did fifty meals in our first week, and. Uh, I'd like to see there were all people we didn't know, but you know, thanks, mom.
1: <laughs> thanks, Lewis's mom. <laughs> hey, you know what? It all starts somewhere. Uh, you build it to a guest or a customer at a time, and that's uh, really you what know, you have to do.
10: That's how it worked, and now we're doing thousands of meals a month. Fantastic! Just, uh, we ma'am. get emails all the time saying, you know, this is just giving us so much extra time. So,
1: Jeff yeah. Forche, I apologize for this. I don't have a sheet for you. But we've got two tickets to give away, a pair of tickets to this event. So if you can just get the folks' uh, name and phone number, and then we'll uh, work out the details from there. Uh, This event coming up on Thursday night at 6.30 till 9.30 at Torque Brewery. It's 8.30 King Edward Street. How can people get tickets if they don't win tickets with us right now?
9: So the main ingredient, there is a link uh, going to Eventbrite, uh, which is going to be the link that you can go online and purchase the tickets. Uh, you got to hurry up because the event is get pretty, getting pretty full. We're almost sold out, so got to hurry up. We got a couple more days, so Thursday is going to come up pretty quick. Yeah. So these tickets are $40 each. We're giving away two right now.
1: First caller through, 780 You will get a pair of tickets for this incredible fundraiser. It happens Thursday night, 6.30 till 9.30 at Torque Brewery, 8.30 King Edward Street.
0: And again, that number to call, 204-780-6868. With the, the ticket, by the way, you're going to get uh, a pint uh, or a flight of Torx. For those who are not familiar with the term flight, what is a flight?
9: So a flight, instead of getting a full pint, what we're doing is we're breaking it down to four four-ounce pourings of our main core brand beers that we have. So instead of having just one, unless you really like your favorite torque beer, uh, you can try them all and experience the uh, the flight. Is that a pain, dealing with flights? You know, because you know it, that's a big trend now, right? It's, it is. It's a huge trend. And it's actually quite enjoyable. So when we're actually pouring them out and we're serving them to uh, to our patrons there, it's actually enjoyable to watch their uh, the reactions and get their feedbacks on what they really enjoyed because our, our beers are, uh, there's quite a variety of them. And uh, they go from either very light to uh, a very strong, heavy beer. So you get to really see what people enjoy. And it's quite interesting.
0: And Brandon, there are going to be a delicious flavored tapas created by the guys from Prairie Box. So what are you going to be preparing for this event? Yeah. Yeah,
10: well, we're we're excited. One, I mean, we're both fans of of Torque, so uh, we did. A, we wanted to pair up with the main beers as much as we can. So uh, with a lager, I mean, without giving away too much, you guys really got to get tickets and come down and and try this food. But we're gonna, you know, you're gonna see things with uh, scallops of ceviche on the menu. We're gonna hunt down some of the best local pick roll we can. Uh, you'll see uh, Korean pork ribs with seared fig. Um, We're gonna go right into with the wheat beer. This is the spoiler. This is my favorite. We're gonna do soft pretzel bun schnitzel. Just uh, right in with the witty Belgian there. I'm getting hungry, now. my favorite.
1: No I'm kidding.
10: And then uh, with the diesel fitter, I mean, we're going to go right into a cannoli, a fresh made cannolis. So oh, my uh, gosh,
1: pickerel, scallops. Oh, you had me at hello. Yeah. Uh, if you go to cgob.com forward slash events and then search for the main ingredient craft beer night, you can click on the link that says buy tickets there, and that will take you to the Eventbrite website. You can buy your tickets there in support of Kids Initiative. Uh, that goes next Thursday, April 27th, from 6.30
9: till 9.30. That's at the Torque Brewery. Go there. When are you guys open? So we're open uh, throughout the week. We uh, are open Tuesday to Saturday. Uh, the hours are now a little bit longer, actually, for Friday and Saturday night. So we're open from 11 to 11 now.
1: Fantastic. That's at 8.30 King Edward Street. And how do folks get in touch with you at Prairie Box? Uh, Brandon, I, I did a quick Google search, it was easy as pie. Yeah,
10: I mean, it's very easy. You can, yeah, Google search Prairie Box Winnipeg. The the fastest way, go to www.prairiebox.com. You can see our fact. You can hit get started to get started. You can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram as well.
1: Well, it's your fault. You are two individuals who are making Winnipeg even hipper (laughs) than it's become in the last few years. So thanks thanks for doing that, fellas. We appreciate it. We appreciate your time. And good on you for giving back to the community. It's it's an easy thing to do in one sense, but the logistics of it all as you're learning uh, sometimes is uh, crazy. But good on you for sticking through it. And Cheers. congratulations to Les
0: Carter, who won the tickets, who will enjoy the event Thursday, April 27th again. CJOB.com for more information. Brandon Schofield from Prairie Box. Matt Wolf from Torque Brewery. Thank
1: you for joining us, guys. The news is coming up next. I'm Greg. He is Brett, and it's Friday afternoon, 2.34, to be specific. I guess precise would be the better word, not specific. I think the precise time is 2.34. Sure. Hey, it's two thirty-four. You like you are so good with your words. I am so not good with my words. So when I'm around you, I want to make sure that I pick the correct words. So you, you made me nervous. We're going to talk a little bit today. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm terrible with my words. Huh? No, you know, you, you've got very good vocabulary. Um, just Doctor Cyrus uh, brings insight to so many things with us when he comes to visit with us. And uh, of course, last Friday we missed out because it was Good Friday, uh, extra family time. And so the story that prompted this discussion we're going to have today is a couple weeks old, but it's a tragedy nonetheless. And it got us to wondering about survivor guilt. It is Mm -hmm. something that uh, has to be very difficult to live with. Uh, Brett, maybe you could uh, take us back in time to the CJOB and the, the story that Uh, prompted this discussion today.
0: So back on April 6th, we told you about a tragic story involving a four year old girl who died as a result of an ATV crash which was southeast of Steinbeck. RCMP say this happened in the Marshand area off of Twin River Road and Provincial Road two ten around three thirty that afternoon The girl was sitting in front of her father on the ATV. They were driving up a hill. The ATV flipped backwards onto both riders before rolling down the hill. Police say the girl was wearing a helmet. Alcohol was not a factor in this crash.
1: So when you read that and you hear that story, very few details, but all details, uh, no emotional inflection or, or... other involved in that just just the facts ma'am mm-hmm. our first reaction I think to a person uh, after they uh, realized that there was a, a little girl killed was oh my god mm-hmm. can you imagine being the father
11: mm. yeah I mean uh, I don't I don't think I don't think we can imagine I mean unless you've been there and been through that I think that that's one of those things you it uh, kind of knee buckling been a word that I saw somebody use about these kinds of things uh you, you kind of put yourself in that position and you can't imagine uh what it must be like to go through uh and or how to survive that um and uh, yeah there's no words right
0: so, Doctor Cyrus Dirksen, you are a psychologist with Doctor Cyrus Dirksen and Associates. As a psychologist, do you is this something that you have encountered? Obviously, not something this specific, but do you encounter situations where people would have survivors' guilt?
11: I think that uh, people often experience. You know, the situations are unique, um, and uh, but people often in ex- often experience guilt where people might say it's um, not warranted. You know, you know, people experience what you might call inappropriate guilt. Not that it's not understandable that people would experience that guilt and nobody would have any you know, negative feelings towards that person for feeling that guilt, but it's harmful. It can be uh, difficult for the person to deal with. And um, usually the, the way to think about this is, uh, in our English language, we usually use the word responsible, and um, you know literally speaking uh, oftentimes or sometimes the person sometimes they're not even responsible but sometimes they are responsible uh, but they're not culpable that's the other word that we have in the english language that we don't use very often and it's kind of a court term and that would be you know like uh, you you are the one who enacted it Uh, I, i heard the example one time of somebody saying they were driving and they hit a dog And they were driving the speed limit and the dog came out and, you know, came just running onto the road out of the woods. They didn't have any time to react. And it was, you know, dark and it was a black dog and, you know, the dog gets hit. Are they responsible for killing the dog? Yes. Are they culpable in that situation? No. They didn't do anything wrong. There's no blame, you know, so to speak, or any wrongdoing. Um, And that is a distinction that we often don't think about, uh, you know, in that kind of way. And it can kind of trip people up. And that's where these kind of emotional problems can often come from.
1: So you mentioned culpability. And, and of course, that is a legal term. But maybe it's important to distinguish or mm. to, to, to really make that point for someone who may be understandably Mm-hmm. Beyond upset about mm-hmm. their involvement in the right. situation, yes. and make them understand that it was maybe something that was unavoidable. Could mm-hmm. you've made a different decision if you know if it, there are mm-hmm. lots of ways to look at it? But mm-hmm. but when you're directly involved, uh, that that word is probably pretty critical to mm-hmm. make sure that people have the wherewithal to to move on from something like this.
11: I think so. I think that uh, I've seen couples, for example, deal with this with each other. Uh, Where they're like, but you did it. And they're like, yeah, well, I did it, but I didn't, you know, the same kind of thing with this dog idea where it's like, I did it, but am I culpable? But they don't have the language for that. They say, well, I did do it, but I don't think you should be upset about it, you know, or, or something like that. And it doesn't, and I find sometimes using that, you know, the proper language often gives people that clarity where it's like, okay, I did do it, but I'm not culpable for it. Uh, I'm not responsible, I wouldn't be put in jail for this, uh, There's not punishable. Uh, there's nothing even to correct about my behaviour necessarily. Uh, I would, you know, and, and you, you kind of brought up another point, uh, you know, when you said, you know, could you have done things differently? And often if you're responsible or if you're involved, uh, you can do things differently, you could have done things differently, if you had known, but of course you didn't know. And uh, so there was no way to do things differently in that, in that circumstance. Uh, and of course if you knew you would do things differently, um, and that's why you're not culpable because you weren't intending this, you weren't doing anything negligent in the situation. Uh, it's just something that happens, and uh, we can't avoid it sometimes.
1: Another word that keeps jumping in my head, speaking of using the exact right word, mm-hmm. is intent.
11: hmm Yes. Did you intend this to happen? Or anything? Obviously not. Obviously not. And the other word that can be important is negligent. Did you do anything negligent in the situation? And sometimes you do. Sometimes there is something that's negligent, and those negligent things can often be common. So, for example, you're speeding, you know, or something like this. And are you speeding a lot? No. Are you speed? You're going the the flow of traffic. Yes, but you know these things can be all of a sudden become very important later on. Uh, you know, when you're thinking through everything, and uh, and so. Um, those, those kinds of things start to create, you know, guilt on some, on some level and you have to kind of parse it through. And if, it, if there is some negligence, uh, you know, you can either try to reframe things to kind of say, well, that's typical or normal. If that's not working, you know, in cases where you have severe consequences like deaths of children, sometimes those reframings don't work very well, then you kind of have to start talking about forgiving yourself. And uh, in either circumstance, whether you're responsible and not culpable or whether you're culpable, it ends up in letting it go. You have to somehow tolerate it and let it go. Uh, Whether it's, it's, if you're responsible, then you kind of have to tweak your thinking. And it's like, well, I'm not culpable, so I have to think about this properly. But if you are culpable on some level, then you have to think, well, okay, I will do things differently in the future, and somehow I have to find it in myself to be able to let this go and move forward with my life for the rest of my family, for myself, for health, in the memory of my child who passed away, all of those kinds of things.
0: We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Cyrus Dirksen in a moment. We're talking about the... the the, the main crux of our conversation here is survivors' guilt, uh, but we've sort of branched off a little bit as well in talking about guilt in general. We're going to continue this conversation momentarily. DrCyrus.com is his website, by the way. Your forecast is coming up next. I'm Brett McGarry. He is Greg Mackling, and he is Dr. Cyrus Dirksen, a psychologist with Dr. Cyrus Dirksen and Associates. It is our weekly visit with the doctor, and we're having a chat about survivors' Guilt, you know, it was a conversation that was inspired by a, just a, a tragic situation that happened earlier this month, where a four-year-old girl died southeast of Steinbach. Uh, was on the an ATV with her dad. She was sitting in front of her father on an ATV. They were driving up a hill, and the ATV flipped backwards onto both of them before rolling down the hill. Just a terrible, tragic accident. And trying to figure out what. It would be like for this father who, you know, lost his daughter in such a, such a, like, you know, just to repeat myself, tragic way. And Dr. Cyrus, you were discussing ways to sort of rid yourself Mm -hmm. of guilt. Mm -hmm. What if you can't? Like, you Mm -hmm. you were saying you you have to learn how to let it go. But what if you can't let it go?
11: I think... um the, the letting go is a, it's a, it's a useful way of saying it. Um, it can be, again, uh, the importance of accuracy around these things. It, I think it, it can itself almost be a little bit of a misnomer in what is intended when you say letting go. Um, people can't uh, let it go. And sometimes if you think about it a certain way, uh, people will never let it go. Um, and I think sometimes another word that uh can maybe capture it even better might be the word tolerate um and uh and function or, or words like that can sometimes be more descriptive of of um you know kind of appropriate goals when uh you know thinking through this although even the word goal can be kind of uh, you know uh, objectionable kind of i think oftentimes you're You know, if I was to have this father walk into my office, there would be kind of no words. You'd kind of just go at his pace and and it would be more like a journey or something like that. That would be the word, I think. Um, And the goal, you know, of that journey would hopefully be to be able to function enough for his family, and to be able to be a healthy person, uh, you know, in general. And will he ever be able to let it go? In some sense, probably not. Um, But maybe he can learn to tolerate it enough to, uh, you know, to continue,
1: well, two things here. Um, I just watched a documentary on the families of a of Sandy Hook mm. uh, tragedy, right—the school shooting, shooting mm. in Connecticut. They've uh, bulldozed and rebuilt that school. Mm. They were interviewing many of the parents, and you know, we're almost five years now from mm. this tragedy, and so you know, this mother's rhetorically asking the interviewer. You know, am I over this? Mm. You know, people ask me. You know, are, how are you doing? Are you mm. are you getting? No, no, I'm never gonna get over this. Mm. I'm mm. never going to be in a place where I don't think about my my mm-hmm. child every morning. Um, mm-hmm. Is it easier? You mentioned the fact. You know, in using this in a, in a general sense example, if you have other kids. Mm-hmm. Does it make it potentially and the word is it less impossible hmm. to move oh, I like forward that.
11: i I think that uh you know parents often have that responsibility for being able to function when nobody else can <laughs> and I think that uh I think that that responsibility can uh you know give people that motivation um, I remember even reading uh, on somebody's blog you know that they would um, they would only continue their life if they had another child that they had to take care of, you know, that, that it gives a motivation, uh, you know, to move forward after kind of tragedies like this. And um, so definitely, I think that that's important. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of different kinds of steps that people go through when they're moving forward. And um, a lot of it is integrative, not so much kind of expelling it. You're not trying to get rid of it. You're trying to integrate it into your thoughts in a way that you can again tolerate Uh, so understanding the story um, uh, trying to not just avoid the feelings but trying to learn to again uh, experience them in a way that you can tolerate Uh, one of the words that one of the kind of pictures I use sometimes use for grief is almost like a brain injury Uh, you kind of uh, if you you know you break a bone it takes eight weeks yourself. I don't know, less than that. If you actually have nerve damage, it takes off, you know, sometimes a year to kind of totally have that nerve recover. And I think that sometimes grief or, you know, significant loss, especially complicated loss like this, you know, it takes a long time for nerves to heal, and that's what your brain's made out of. And your brain needs to kind of take this new information, destroy a lot of the connections that happen there. You know, a lot of your dreams and stuff are now over, and the decisions you make have to be different direction of your life has to change and it takes a, a time for your brain to reform itself in a way that makes sense with this new reality so that your decisions make sense, your future makes sense, and and that just takes time. So fortunately
1: for most of us, the chances are more likely that we will know someone that goes through this mm, than mm-hmm. go through it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what can we do as friends, family, of individuals that go through things like this. How can we be supportive without, you know, asking, and I won't say the stupid question of Mm -hmm. how are you doing, Mm -hmm. but how do you just be there and and kind of assume yourself into being part of the solution, Mm -hmm. so to
11: speak? I I don't want to say it's easy because I don't think it is. I think that um, one of the challenges in this is that people cope with these things differently and different people need different things. And I think it's good when people actually take control of their journey and, you know, in getting over these things. We're always mixing up my words here and and kind of moving through it. Um, So I think that it's good for people to take control and and maybe take a unique path. And that means you need to be in tune with that person and what they need. I think sometimes, you know, it's okay to ask the question. I don't know, or say the things like, I don't know what to say. Uh, Say, what do you need from me? Is there anything? Um, And... uh, And those, like, pointing out the difficulty is okay, and hopefully that person is able to give you a response. There's a possible that they can't, uh, that they're so uh, disorganized in themselves that they don't know what they need. Um, And in those cases, uh, maybe you can take cues from people who are closer to them uh, on what would be helpful. Um, Some people don't want a lot of people around. Other people don't want you to act differently and abandon them. Uh, So... I, I wish I could give easy answers to this question, and I can't. Other than to say, uh, it's okay to say you don't know what to do, and hopefully that can maybe give you some clues on the next step.
0: If a person is going through something, uh, a situation like this, where they where they're they're just feeling guilty about something, mm-hmm. some sort of accident or tragedy or just just a bad situation, whatever the case may be, and they're they're having a hard time dealing with it, are there Things that they can do that can make the situation or the healing process worse, like, mm-hmm. uh, like I don't know, mm-hmm. trying to like the, the like yeah, trying to sure. bottle it up, for example.
11: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm. Uh, some people will say, you know, you got to deal with it, uh, and I think that's true. But I'm also kind of a little bit maybe more pro avoidance than some other people. I'm okay with people um, continuing on with their lives if they need to do that. Um, However, you know, you do want to not avoid it entirely. You might need to take bite-sized doses though and some people can do that better than others. You can actually, some people have enough control over their process to be able to make kind of times when they sit down and and grieve and they will engage in the feelings and when their time is done, they will be done uh, for that evening or whatever. Some people even have enough control over their grief process that they can say, I think I've grieved long enough. And that almost cues them to start to come out of it. Um, Other people, they don't have that kind of control, uh, you know, over the process. So I think, you know, avoidance would be one of the main kind of things that people think about and I think correctly so. Uh, You don't want to kind of avoid your grief uh, or displace it um, for lots of reasons. I think because normally, you know, if you're grieving, you get disorganized. Uh, you need to reintegrate your, your brain uh, and, and, and you can become feel guilty, you can become angry, you can lose your identity, you can experience a spiritual crisis, and all of that requires attention uh, from your brain and you need to focus on it at some point in order to kind of recreate uh, an identity and a place for you.
1: Well, I know it would have been impossible for us to cover everything mm, in yes. this time that we have today, but some great insight into uh, you know all the emotions, mm-hmm. the, the the feelings at work here. Uh, thank you for that, Doctor Cyrus. A uh, sure. great conversation. Thank you.
0: His website is drcyrus Doctor Cyrus Dirksen and Associates. He is a psychologist, and he joins us every Friday at two thirty on Mackling and McGarry on six eighty CJOB.
7: By the time we got to the end of the set, when he did do Purple Rain, that was one of those times where things just worked magically and there's nothing you can do but just say thank you.
11: I never meant to cause you any sorrow I never meant to
3: cause you any pain I do not want to one time see you laughing, baby. Only to see, you, see you laughing yeah, in the purple rain.
1: Purple That's rain, an excerpt from an NFL special. Of course, that's Prince performing in the rain, doing purple rain during a downpour at halftime, a Super Bowl 41. Today is the one-year anniversary of Prince's passing. And Brett, earlier when we were speaking with Jeff Courier, I, I suggested that maybe a lot of people in the last year have realized. Uh, what an incredibly gifted musician Prince was. The influence that he had on others—not that maybe that we didn't know before—but his passing has certainly highlighted that in my mind.
0: Yeah, I uh, I remember, of course, after he he died, I remember just trying to find music to listen to because I I know that I have I know that I have. My name is Prince. You remember that song?
1: Yes. My name
0: is Prince, and I am funky. <laughs> oh,
1: that's a, isn't that a Batman. Is that part of a Batman soundtrack or no, not? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. But
0: you're the bat dance and bat all that dance, stuff. That's right. Uh, my name is Prince Came After. I think he had changed his name to the... The symbol thing? I think he may have gone the symbol already. But uh, I have it on cassette single somewhere in a shoebox in my closet. I have that on cassette single, but I didn't actually have any Prince music on my phone, so I'm trying to find it, and there, I know that now it's available for streaming, but... At the time, there was very little music that was available, which made me sad because I wanted to revisit all of these great Prince songs. One of them that I liked as well was, I think my, hmm, this would be hard to pick, but one of my all-time Prince favorites would be Cream from the early, I want to say it was around 1991. I think that's, uh, yeah, Cream. Are you looking for a Prince song there? I am. I, th- I could see the, w- the wheels turning in Greg's <laughs> eyes. He's looking for something. Well, you know,
1: you mentioned the song, and then we got to hear it. Oh, it's uh, some weird live performance of... <laughs> I'm just, as I'm sitting here in the studio... You want to see it now. Yeah. Of course, Prince came to Winnipeg uh, quite famously, performed at the Burton Cummings Theatre, and it was his birthday, and he ended up going and doing an after-hours show... Yeah, this isn't the best audio quality. Sorry about that, listeners. And sorry about that, Jeff Forche. Um, ended up doing an after-hour show at La Rendezvous before it met its maker with a bulldozer and wrecking ball. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? And I'm just thinking about this as we're talking. So, you know, I should have these things all uh, written out and stuff, but we're just having a conversation as we, as we usually do on this program. And so Prince uh, had a real effect on some people in Winnipeg who would That's have been a very special show.
0: That's crazy. I, I, you know, I've been a big fan of Prince all through my life, uh, from uh, the pur- the time of purple rain, when doves cry. And I, here's, one that I still remember this blowing me away. Do you remember the song Pray by M.C. Hammer? Yeah, sure. We got to pray just to make it today. Well, the 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 tune in that, I heard that song a hundred times before I finally realized that it's he had sampled When Doves Cry. Yeah. So that then made me want to go back and listen to When Doves Cry. So it's funny how that's just one example of how Prince's influence, his reach, goes it's so it stretches so far and he was so creative and he in that song my name is prince he actually sampled some of his own music you know he was such an inventive guy and his catalog of music is endless i doesn't he have like hundreds of songs that have not been
1: released? Yeah, and we're going to start hearing those potentially depending on how things work out with his estate once that all gets finished with. I like to introduce people to this at every opportunity. Uh, Jackie's a huge Adam Levine fan, Maroon 5 and mm. The Voice, etc. Adam Levine in his own right, Influenced hugely by Prince. He tells a great story about jamming with Prince when he's 19 years old, came to his house and his equipment crapped out. So they, all these people that were at Adam Levine's house, I got in a car and they went over to Prince's place and jammed till all hours of the night. Well, Adam Levine did one of the great tributes to Prince at Howard Stern's birthday bash a few years ago, played Purple Rain, and it is absolutely spectacular. Check it out on YouTube. Here's a little sample of it as we head towards traffic and weather together.
9: meant to cause you any pain.
0: Got some stuff to give away. We got two tickets to Snake Oil Gets Twisted, featuring Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister. Oh, just
3: remember, the kids are back! The kids are back. I want out. the kids are back!
0: We
1: managed to go the whole week without playing We're Not Gonna Take It. You know what? And that just proves that their their musical catalogue is way bigger than most people think.
0: I know. I like it. And Monday, June 26th at the Burton Cummings Theatre is when this show is going to take place. Snake Oil, by the way, described as the ultimate theatrical tribute to Rock's biggest stars. And now they're going to be joined by one of their biggest stars, D. Snyder. Tickets went on sale this morning, but we've got two tickets to give away right now. We want to make sure that this goes to a fan of metal, hair metal, so we want to know if you can name the song, and I'm going to stop the music now so it goes in cold, name the song and the band that belongs to this clip. (laughs) (laughs) It always sounds worse when we do it on the air. When I'm sitting on my desk, I think,
1: oh yeah, this is good. You actually said to me, is it too long? He said, is it too long today? I listened to it. It might be. Now we're listening to it, it might be not, not. Well, phone lines are lighting up.
0: It's 0.03 seconds.
1: <laughs> less than half of the clues all week have been. <laughs> if the you generous can name son of a gun.
0: The song and the band at 204-780-6868. While Jeff is fielding those calls, you talked about how Prince when he came to Winnipeg, he did a show at right, the Bert. I think you said yeah. That
1: was back in two thousand and two, in April of or uh, June, pardon me, of two thousand and two, and of course that was a, a big deal that he was kind of reviving and coming back out. I think he switched his name back to Prince at that point. Was playing a show at uh, the Bert, and then because it was his birthday, he played a show at Le Rendezvous. Ten bucks. And uh, historically, uh, uh, an historic telling of the story he says there was about four or five hundred people at the rendezvous. Ten, ten bucks ahead, they paid played for two and a half, three hours.
0: Was it a spontaneous event? Or? To, uh,
1: well, yes and no. I mean, you don't do stuff like that. You, you know, you need to have gear and yeah. stage and stuff. So I guess some people knew about it. And the set list was crazy. Like, there's a whole lot of love from uh, Led Zeppelin, a bunch of covers. Basically, it was just a big party with Prince and uh, and his band. I don't know if they were the generation then or not, but uh, really cool story, that connection with Prince. And you mentioned something else, the fact that there was a picture from one of his concerts, probably 2011 maybe, when Prince was here at MTS Center, and that picture went all over the world. I think it was a Free Press picture.
0: Yeah, it was the Winnipeg Free Press uh it, cover. Uh, For They had made it, I I remember seeing it on CNN's coverage when Prince died. I
1: guess it was just one of the great pictures uh, ever taken of Prince in concert.
0: Yeah, I can't remember. I can sort of see it in my head. I'd have to go back and Google it, but it it was just sort of neat that the, the Winnipeg Free Press was featured on CNN as part of that coverage, and... Man, that would have been fun to see that show. He was such a great performer. You played that clip from the Super Bowl performance where he was performing in the rain. I didn't see that live, and I wish I had, but I'm also glad that I have seen that feature from the NFL. They put together a wonderful feature on that performance and just the fact that he went out there and and really killed it in the rain. He did such an amazing show. If you haven't seen it, just look it up on YouTube, you should be able to find it. We got 45 seconds left here. We'll congratulate Nark. Am I saying, is that
1: Mark? Mark. Okay. <laughs> there might be some narcs at this concert. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not going by that name, though. They usually don't declare themselves that way. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Braun
0: has won the tickets to Snake Oil Gets Twisted because the question was can you name the song and the band that belongs to this clip? Ooh. I'm going to do that again. The answer. Van Halen ain't talking about love. So congratulations to Narc Braun. <laughs> We're going to see Snake Oil Gets Twisted featuring Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister. Monday, June 26th at the Burton Cummings Theatre. Tickets on sale as of today. Traffic, weather, sports all coming up next on 680 CJOB. I'm Brett McGarry. He's Greg Mackling. You're welcome. He is Hal Anderson. Hello, hello. (laughs) And thank you very much.
12: How is it? It's very good.
0: good. Well, I'm telling you,
12: CJOB I, has gone to
1: hell. You guys are drinking? No, no. no. He, Brett's drinking, not you guys. Oh, good. Oh, so the
12: driver is drinking is what you're telling me. <laughs> great. This is what I needed to hear.
1: <laughs> For clarity, the guy who's driving the controls, pushing yes. the buttons, All is right, driving. Not
12: a, there are no other vehicles. Okay, that's right. That's yeah. right. How are you doing, Hal? Good. How are you guys?
1: Well, we're great, man.
12: So you're up, so now you're drinking uh, from Torque, right? Yes, this is a a beer. We had the
0: guys from Torque brewing in earlier. This is what the, the Hellas is that how they pronounce it? I think
1: so, yeah, Hellas. yeah. What the
0: Hellas Lager. And uh, I love the the way that these guys package their beer. This is uh, what appears to be a pig, a flying pig. I, I I thought it was a griffin or something. It's actually a pig. Can You Basically, see that? Of course, you when, thought it was a griffin. Pigs yes. Fly. Right. Basically, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. You will taste beer as good as this yeah. when pigs when fly, pigs fly right? and they are now indeed flying.
12: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so so anyhow, you brought this out of the fridge because they didn't come with any today for you guys. <laughs> I've been
1: storing that in my desk <laughs> yeah. since the last time they were here. Let me
12: just tell you, a guy who knows how to do this. Please, this is over thirty years of Please. making sure that when people have good things to you know to mm-hmm. talk about, they mm-hmm. bring you some. Mm-hmm. Just in setting up the interview, guys, right? You're saying, hey, yeah, I'll all safe." so to we'll you, see you at 2 o'clock on Friday. And, you know, just bring a little something along so we can sample. And they go over the top. They bring you all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I did this with, uh, and I'll give him a plug here because he fed us so well, Blue Hayes Barbecue and uh, Jordan from Blue Hayes Barbecue. And I said, uh, bring a little taste. You know, we've got three or four people here. The guy brought brisket. Ribs, the whole deal. Now it's not required, although when I was on Power 97, they didn't get through the door if they didn't have some, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, you guys come on back when you got some. But it's, they don't mind bringing you a little taste. You just sometimes have to gently remind them. So the
1: key word is sample. A little sample. Sample. Bring us a little some so we can try, so we know what we're talking about. Okay, okay. Because we had two bakeries, a food delivery service and a brewery. And, and nothing. Uh, we're starving, skinny, and sober. Wow. It's not, not no. any good.
12: And it's Friday. So, you know, yeah, this is not good, guys. Wow. You know, we could make it Mackling, McGarry, and Anderson. No, that doesn't ring. No, never M-M-A. mind. MMA! MMA. The MMA, no. the MMA. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. There you go. Sure. I'm in. That's the name of the segment. I'll handle all the uh, uh, interviews uh, when involving food or beverage. <laughs> if you're, you, you're hired. <laughs>
1: yeah,
11: You're the guy, man. What do you got coming up this okay, weekend?
12: I got lots coming up. Big uh, plug here. I won't say much about Sunday's show except that Bob Irving will be on Sunday's show. You
1: don't need to say anything
12: else. I just talked to Bob. He's up at Bel Air with his grandson, Trevor. Did you see Trevor in the building the other day? Yeah, he's adorable. Yeah, cute kid. And Bob's having a heck of a time at the cottage, but he, he's going to take a few minutes out on Sunday to talk about this mini camp that the Bombers have coming up. Uh, but tomorrow, I got some fun stuff. Jimmy Benzeluk is going to be on the show tomorrow. Of course, one of the Hall of Fame sports inductees in the province of Manitoba announced this week. I've got something kind of cool. at eight, That's at 8 o'clock, by the way. 8.30 tomorrow. I won't say what it is, but it relates to Earth Day. So we're going to be a little early on an Earth Day story. And it's, it's, a, it's a scoop for Hal Anderson weekends at cool. 8.30 tomorrow. So tune in for that. Chicken Fest is coming up, May 9th. I help these guys out most years, and we're doing it again. And they're going to be in after 9 tomorrow talking about that that, uh, event. It's Winnipeg West Rotarians. Nothing like, I'll tell you, a Rotarian event is a big event. And they're in, and uh, Chris Schellenberg is. hmm? Chicken Fest. It's the best. Chicken, and it's fantastic. They raise money for great causes. Uh, This year, again, it's the uh, Children's Rehab Foundation. Chris Schellenberg, and uh, there's another one. I think they're raising for mood disorders, too, I think, this year. Oh, and that's outstanding. stand, My yeah. dad,
1: I'll give my dad a plug. He's back from Arizona, so he might be listening today. Now yeah. I have to start saying nice things about yeah, him for the last of, six months. Right. It's been the other way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, my dad was uh, the Rotary uh, Club president a couple different times up in Minidosa, and yeah. I was blown away by the things that Rotary gets done in the small communities and in yeah. Winnipeg. It's They're absolutely off. It's awesome. Very,
12: and many times they get it done with very small numbers, but they get the job done. They absolutely. sure do. Shaner, me, Shaner, and Timmy, my band of guys, Shaner is a hell of an artist, and he actually has some stuff coming up in his show that I'll talk about. Hmm. Shayner's coming in tomorrow uh, with a, a gentleman that's putting this on. It's the Skull and bones game. Gallery, and so I'll tell you all about that. Uh, I mentioned Bob. Oh, and I got to tell you a Kijiji story because you guys are oh, talking about Kijiji. Already. I love Kijiji, um, and I'm I'm the everything people complained about. That's <laughs> that was me. you. That's me. <laughs> the, the guy offering ten bucks, and you know, the guy going to be still got it, you know, and all that's me over and over again. But I will tell you what I like doing on Kijiji, and I can entertain. I'll be entertained for hours doing this. Is I'll go to Kijiji, and where it says search, I'll just write in a word like unique or weird. Or strange, right? Because my thing, you get to be this age, you know, and I've worked rock radio and talk radio and, you know, I've kind of done a lot of stuff, right? I've had the blessed life. And now for me, the weird, unusual, strange stuff is what really makes me go, hey, that's, you know, that stuff. So when I type that in, man, people have got some weird stuff for sale on Kijiji. And it's just the funnest, craziest stuff. I is this a black you. hole you go down? Do you buy this stuff? I sometimes buy this stuff. Don't even get into my auction addiction. Uh, this is a true story. <laughs> I, no. I, went, I went to an auction one time just to show you what I will do. I went to an auction one time, and they had uh, a commercial fishing boat. A 40-foot stainless steel commercial, stainless steel or aluminum, stainless steel commercial fishing boat, a hydro boat from up north. Okay. And I go, the guy standing next to me, he goes, yeah, they had one of these things in here a couple of uh, months ago. The thing went for 40 grand. I went, well, gee, there could be an opportunity here, right? I ended up picking the thing up for like 6,500 bucks. Well, now where do I put it? I mean, it's just all kinds of trouble, right? Does it run, you know? Uh, (laughs) It was just ridiculous. I ended up, after all said and done, it was months of me (laughs) doing this thing. I sold it. I maybe made a hundred (laughs) bucks. Come on, seriously, I maybe made a hundred bucks. I remember I got all my buddies were out at the place and we're trying to fire this thing up, and it was smoking and setting off fire. But you can find. I guess my point is, auctions are fun, but on Kijiji, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of pleasure. You just got to look for it. Just type in a word like strange, unique, crazy, and you just find some really unusual stuff.
1: Oh, you're lucky your Jackie's even talking to you. Why? After that. Well, oh, I'm, no, not allowed no, to, I'm, I'm
12: not allowed to buy anything. Jack, my Jackie is and she's very she's good about making me realize maybe this isn't the best idea without <laughs> saying to me this is not the best idea. Really? Yeah. She's very good at it. She'll just kind of go, hmm. And what are you gonna do with that? Or, you know. <laughs> And uh, that's the cause for pause. Sometimes it works. Do you want to sleep on the couch for the next six months? There's the one. Yeah. But she's really good. I mean, listen, we all have our, we all have our things, right?
1: Yeah. No, fair enough. Uh, What The things I have is a a garage I can't park a single car
12: in. So how's that? You uh, There was a time and I've gotten much better. There was a time when I had garages all over the city full of stuff. Wow. Oh. Oh yeah. I was bad.
1: We have to talk yeah. about that. One oh, of I've these got days. many
12: stories. Anytime you want to go off the rails and talk crazy stories, oh, we can I got go crazy off the rails
1: without you just fine. <laughs> we're going to need some torque beer if we're going to do that. Though, <laughs> hey, you mentioned the bombers and the mini camp coming yes. up. The bomber quarterbacks: Matt yeah. Nichols, Dominique Davis, and Dan Lefevre will be at the uh, Bomber Store at IGF. Yeah, uh, I think it's from four till seven. Five to seven. Five to seven. I can't read my own writing. And on just, Monday
12: night, on Monday at uh, at the Bomber Store at IGF, and I just actually ha- had that quick conversation with Bob on the phone lining up Sunday, and I said to him, you know what, it's been a long time since we've had some depth at the quarterback spot, right? Like, I mean, Matt Nichols, we know what he can do, but we've got a couple of really good quarterbacks there. I think the Bombers actually have four, but, you know, three that are going to be at this signing. But it's been a while. If you're a Bomber fan, it's been a while since you go, you know, if one goes out, we'll be okay, I think.
1: Yeah, this uh, acquisition of Dan LaFever was uh, pure brilliance, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, by Kyle Walters and Mike O'Shea. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, looking forward Good to stuff, uh, your guys. show on the weekend, Thank buddy. Thank you. Paul
0: Anderson, Saturday, Sunday morning on 680 CJOB. Traffic, weather, and Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham, all up next.
1: Well, if we weren't in the home stretch before Hal walked in the studio, we certainly are now. Our weekend is here, but uh still a few hours of duty for our guests, Richard Kluche and Julie Buckingham, as they bring you the news till seven o'clock. Thanks for holding down the fort straight through until seven o'clock. I'll be on the back deck having a couple cold beers, listening to you guys. What are you gonna have for me? Well I'm cooking talk- up <laughs> steak and <laughs> drinking beer and later we're gonna talk beer.
13: Oh, oh good. Yeah, we are. Right, got right. a story about beer and belching coming up at uh, oh, four o'clock. So I mean,
7: <laughs> it's all about Mackling and McGarry yeah, on the news. Coming up, pretty much the show up. continued.
13: <laughs> like
1: yeah. I was say pretty much. You just could have <laughs> given us another three hours, couldn't you?
7: Sure, uh, if you want to. Yeah, uh, top of the news at four o'clock. You're going to hear from Global's Lorraine Nickel on uh, a tip that uh, you folks got here on uh, the news, and you can always send us your. Uh, tips uh, to McGarry and uh, Mackling or 24-7 Yeah, here. this
13: one I think came in via That's text at right, 780 780-68.
7: Yeah, 780-6868. Uh, oh, stranded on the fourth floor of his own home. So you hear about that mm. coming up on the 4 o'clock news and in detail uh, just following the news.
13: We're going to spin you right round with uh, Record Store Day and find out how <laughs> what? some local
1: yeah. It's Record Store Day? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Why didn't you know that? That's twice. Oh, we've this started week. a fight. This is awesome. The, 30, the 30th anniversary of The Simpsons, they scooped us on that. Yes? And now they scooped us on Record Store Day. I thought we were all over the record store thing. What was, we your, got fam- to share.
13: What was your fame What uh, was your favorite vinyl?
1: What? It, what was your first <laughs> record? My first oh my first <laughs> record was uh, Jethro Tull, Bungle in the Jungle.
13: Did I, you have a f- first record I or are you too young?
0: No, I think mine was Big Bam Boom by Holland Oates. I oh, think that's, that's I think that's the that's name decent. of the album,
1: yeah. With "Out of Touch," Richard Boston.
13: Ooh, mine was Billy Joel, "The Stranger." Mm. Nearly wore it out.
1: Yeah, good one. So not uh, as good as Class Houses, but it's good.
13: Uh, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, some of the things from the disappearing or maybe um, mythical file. A little talk about unicorns with Shanelie Vidal.
1: This is not a mythical unicorn. She's
13: dressed like one today. This is
1: a nightmare unicorn.
13: And we will also have Darcy Oak tickets for you. Speaking of mystical
1: and, and Rick Springfield. Rick
13: Springfield. Yeah. And we'll qualify you to go golfing.
1: Here's a fun
0: fact about Rick Springfield. Well, it's just kind of a silly trivia thing, but he played Lucifer this year on a television show. Oh, like. So much for our trivia question. to win the tickets <laughs> yeah, later. Thanks oh a man, lot. thanks, you guys. Took it. All right. Are you are you serious? Yeah. Did I just
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well? Sorry, I guess we better go. I guess I, I need
0: to to help them come up with something else. Yeah, I'm so
1: sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> good trivia question. It's fantastic. It? You well, uh, do you yeah. want to know something else cool about Rick Springfield? He used to be on General Hospital. Oh, that was our backup question. <laughs> Wasn't he Drake? I
7: can't remember his last name. Well, so if it ends up to be the fourth call, you'll know <laughs> you why. Know
1: why. <laughs>
13: Okay. It's Mackling and McGarry's fault. We can sabotage. <laughs> I'm David. sorry, you guys.
0: Julie, I really like your nails, by the way. Today they look really nice. Thank you. I'm trying to I'm trying to redeem myself with a compliment as she leaves the room. How are you to know? How were you to know? <laughs> it was a show. Is supernatural, by the way. Yeah. Well, yeah. you
1: know what? You can't be. You can't be. uh beaten down for your brilliance, Brett.
0: Oh. Uh, don't. Don't. You know. Good for you. Hey, thanks for the beer, by the way. You're welcome. The Torque beer. And uh, thanks to thanks to all of you listening this weekend, providing us with your feedback and your emails, uh, especially all that the hate mail I got yesterday. What a treat.
1: That's why you needed the beer.
0: <laughs> I'm Brett McGarry. He's Greg Mackling. Jeff Forte and Master Control holding down the fort on 680 CJOB.